Welcome Black Hollywood Live fans. On today's Fit Club, we talk sex, coffee, and fast food. Stay tuned for more. You're tuned into Black Hollywood Live Fit Club. All right, you guys, welcome to Fit Club. I am excited to be back. I was on a little vacation. Welcome back. I'm glad you're back. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. Get fit again. You know how vacations are. Oh, Um, I'd love to hear about that. Yes. uh, I did work out the first couple of days. Good, good, good. And then it just went all downhill Uh from there. (laughs) But that's okay. I'm back researching ways to stay. Exactly. Reset. uh, Learn some new ways from our stories or topics that we have today to continue to stay healthy and fit. Yeah. And how was your uh, time last week? We um, had a guest. Yeah, we had a great guest, um, Jasmine Leva, and she's got a great film about going vegan. And I uh, want you to watch it. So, yes, um, gotta see. We'll it. definitely have to do that together. <laughs> um, but yeah, awesome guest. Yeah. All right, you guys. Thanks for tuning in again. Um, I'm your host, Fallon Mercedes. You guys can find me online at Fit with Fallon and Shaka. Where can they find you? You guys can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Shaka Strong. Okay, so we have some great topics for you: uh, sex, coffee, and fast food. Yeah. Um, everybody loves those topics. <laughs> Right. Um, the first one we're going to start with is coffee. Yeah. Now there are studies that show show that more coffee can lead to a longer lifespan. Yeah. Um, and I found this kind of very intriguing because, I, I mean, I've always been a fan of coffee, especially black coffee. However, mm-hmm. I see a lot of people in the industry who, um, even today, I bought all my trainers a big travelers, you know, that you yeah. buy at like Starbucks. Yeah. Um, and a lot of my, oh no, I don't drink coffee, I don't drink coffee, I don't drink coffee. Oh. They usually do the green tea route because they think that coffee can be bad for you, but this show, this study shows us something different. What does it show yeah, us? I mean, this was really just more of the same. There's been so many studies that have shown the benefits of coffee, mm-hmm. so I don't, it's surprising um, that people aren't on that train. But there were two studies. One that involved 520,000 people across people. 10 European countries, and another that was 185,000 people. This one was interesting because it was across races as well. So they got African American, Native Americans, Hawaiians, Japanese Americans, white, and Latinos. Mm-hmm. And they found that people that drank two to four cups of coffee had an 18% lower risk of mortality. Dang and it. I drink one cup of coffee. Oh, I got to up it <laughs> I got to up it <laughs> Have them in the morning. Um, and it was, it, was, it was so effective against heart disease, cancer, respiratory disease, stroke, mm-hmm. diabetes, kidney disease. And in the European populations, it was liver disease, suicide in men. I found that one yeah. very interesting. Cancer in women, digestive um, disturbances, circulatory disease as mm-hmm. well. Why do you think um, the suicide in men? Well, for me, coffee gives me a buzz. Like, yeah. So it, it does make me, I guess, happier. Yeah. So I, I could certainly see that you might be depressed, your energy levels are low. Lower. Yeah. And that's true. Everybody, when they go to work, they're like, I need my cup of coffee. Yeah, and once you have it, you're kind of like, oh, okay. That's so true. Very (laughs) interesting. Yeah, yeah, and I I like the study, too, because, you know, they realized that diversity um, through the different lifestyles, you know, it didn't, it it showed across the board. It was a positive effect. So it didn't matter how even you made your coffee. I know, like, Latinas uh, or Latinos, um, we do a lot of black coffee. We'll do sugar, and then a lot of Americans, they want tons of cream, tons of milk. So I would have thought there would have been, you know, differences between the way you make your coffee. But even so, as long as you're getting those cups in, you're going to have a better... um, It's lowering your mortality risk. Exactly. And, And, of course, if you're loading up with sugar and cream, you might 
be taking away from some of that 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 lowering of the risk. So, mm-hmm. and I like that the study closed with saying that there are no um, long term harmful effects from drinking coffee. Yeah, and I like that because I feel like you know some people you drink green tea, but do you drink coffee? Yeah, yeah, I drink coffee almost oh, okay. every day. Yeah. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so yeah, um, and then it also kind of dived into. Um, you know, well, for me, I cannot drink coffee past a certain time. Yeah. Even if I only drink one cup a day, yeah. if I have it past 2 o'clock, I'll be up Yeah, so that if you caffeine sensitive, yeah, yeah. you got to make sure you have it the and right time. And I think time. that's why I only have one cup of coffee is yeah. because it's kind of like a little too much. Just like exercising and pre-workout. If I have yeah. it, you know, too late, usually past 2 o'clock, I will be up all night. And it's kind of similar to one of our other stories that we have for you. Um, What's the best time of the day to exercise? And this study shows that you perform better later in the day. And I found this very, very surprising. So many of our fitness people in the industry love to hit that morning workout, especially with the fasted cardio. Yeah, and it gives, for me, I find it, it gives you energy through the day. So why is it telling us that it's better for later in the day? Well, essentially it deals with our our circadian rhythms. So it takes a while for your, I guess, your body to essentially get warm. Mm -hmm. And then apparently later on in the day you have a better, you have a a different sense of the energy you're putting out. Mm-hmm. So it seems it's not as strenuous later in the day. Mm-hmm. I think it's sort of like your, your body wakes up. It's warming um, up, yeah. Exactly. And so by the by, later in the day, your body's sort of ready for that real intense physical activity. Mm-hmm. But what it did find was if you are consistently working out in the mornings, then you do get the same benefits as if it was later on in the day. day. So yeah. your body will adjust. So it's really about the circadian r- rhythm. But if you're going to be taking um, one-offs and doing different workouts mm-hmm. at different times of the day, um, you might want to wait mm-hmm. later if you're, you know, if you're not having a consistent time. Yeah, and I know it talked about the strength and fle- flexibility. They're greater in the late afternoon, but did yeah. it did it go into detail about you know cardiovascular endurance? Well, yeah, because it, it also talked about fasted cardio. Mm-hmm. Again, it's showing no difference in weight loss between groups that uh, did fasted cardio and groups that did no fasted cardio. That was interesting. Yeah, and, and I have long said this. There's no, there's, it doesn't matter. And if, mm-hmm. in fact, it might hurt you if you're like really starved and mm-hmm. need to need to. Yeah. Eat. Uh, and they did the study with not just young women, but they also did it with obese women as well. Mm-hmm. And it found no change in um, the weight loss from both groups. Yeah, so I think really it should be listen to your body. When you wake up in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, do you need time to warm up or yeah. can you hit the ground running? Yeah. Same thing with food. Do you need to eat before you work out because you won't feel good? Or, you know, will it be the opposite? You might feel feel sick if you eat before your workout. Um, Do you eat before your workout? Oh, of course, yeah. Um, Yeah, and and for me, I've always almost long believed that fasted cardio in the long term might actually slow down your metabolism. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) that's why I don't do that. I tend to find um, with myself and even my clients... We do better, I don't know if it's a female thing, but we do better doing fasted cardio, but eating before strength training. Yeah. Uh, Have you tried, like, a shake before the cardio? Yeah. And it's still, or, like, you you didn't feel well? I just, I, I just don't feel like I need anything. I don't know what it is. I'm just not, I I don't eat big breakfast anyway, period. I'm more of a like right before, like a pre-lunch, almost lunch. When you're doing your fasted cardio, is that like first thing in the morning? First thing, within the first hour of waking up. Really? Okay, Mm -hmm. and and you're having nothing but... Usually, I won't eat. It's weird. Um, I will go to the gym six, seven in the morning, get ready for work. Then by nine o'clock, I'll have my first, 10 o'clock, my first like, coffee and a 
bar or a shake. And you've experimented with having the shake before the cardio. Yes, and I you, have. And you just felt weak or what? Did... It just it just felt too heavy on my stomach. Uh, like yeah. I, I don't know what it is. I think my stomach needs to be like completely empty. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Uh, you guys out there, what do you prefer? Morning cardio um, or exercising later in the day? Do you need to eat before a workout or do you prefer doing uh, fasted cardio? We'd love to hear what you guys have found works best for you. Yeah, and they also found it, it, didn't, um, it didn't interfere with sleep if you worked out later in the day, too. Mm-hmm. I know some people have that concern that if I work out later, you know, I might be too agitated. But they mm-hmm. had there was a study where people worked out two hours before their sleep and a study with seniors that worked mm-hmm. out between 7 and 8.30 p.m., and they found no change in restfulness. You know what it is? I think it affects people's sleep when you're taking coffee or pre-workout or oh, right before. before yeah. Then, yes, because that is still in your system. But I think the workout itself, it's not going to affect your sleep. Yeah, so the, the short and long of it was do it according to your body. Know when your body's ready for a workout. And if you can stick to a certain time, that's the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, faster cardio or not faster cardio, what works for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, another story that we have is trying to find peace through mindful running. Yeah. Now, I've noticed all of my coworkers, friends who are marathon runners, long distance runners, they find running very therapeutic. I have a very close friend of mine when her mom passed away. That has been her tradition is to she never saw a therapist and it was very, you know, a tragic event in her life. But her therapy is doing marathons and I struggle (laughs) with that mental component. I think that's why I like sprinting and doing weights, because I do believe that. There is a huge mental component in running. Are you a runner, yeah. Shocker? Well, Shocker? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I yeah. like to run. Uh, I like to usually uh, run a mile before my workouts. But if I feel like I've you know gone a little too crazy with the yeah. food, I'll run five miles and yeah. just kind of like get into that zone. I can do a mile, but those five miles, I have to be like hiking or like something mm-hmm. that's stimulating my mind. But just regular running, especially on a treadmill, well, I'm like, if once I have good music, yeah, yeah, no it, music, it you're done. <laughs> I, I can't even do the workout, but. Um, there is a program called, um, what is it, MAP? No, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong one. There's a program called uh, Running with the Mind. Yeah, and so it's all about that mindful running and checking in with yourself. And I guess they have a sort of four things, four prongs that go along with mindful running. The first one was I thought was really interesting, notice your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And that's when you're checking with yourself to know if you're thinking positively or negatively. Because mm-hmm. you, you probably start off thinking negatively, I hate this run. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to give me shin splints. Yeah. I'm going to be in pain for days. I could burn more fat doing Do strength training. <laughs> yeah, all those thoughts go through my mind. And so once that happens, you want to go to like check in on focus on your breath and your body. So mm-hmm. be really present because then you have to be it, – it's all that mind-muscle connection I mm-hmm. always talk about is – when you once you're present in your body, it changes the way you mm-hmm. look at things. It shifts things. Mm-hmm. And then third was um, let the goals be loose. You know, the goal should be about having fun and enjoying the run. Mm-hmm. So once you make that a goal, then everything else becomes a little bit more secondary. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're competitive. I know a lot of um, athletes are so competitive they get lost in the goal yeah. setting. And then last was um, maybe comp- competitors are your friends. So if you have a running group. This particular running group that this guy was um, involved in, they ran the pace with the slowest person. So everyone decided, however slow the slowest guy wants to go, that's the pace we're going to run yeah. because this is supposed to be fun yeah. and supposed to be healthy and fit and re- working. But out I wonder and if it ourselves. was really fun for the people who are fast. They're like, oh, I got 
slow down. No, well, well, no, no. Well, I think you go into the group knowing yeah. it's part of the yeah, deal, no, you yeah. know. And so you're gonna like you know that I'm gonna enjoy this run mm-hmm. because maybe I get to go slower today because yeah. I'm not, you know. Yeah, you don't have to push yourself yeah. as hard. Yeah, I like this. Um, I personally never have done a run group, but it is on my list because I know I do not have a love for running. Yeah. So. Maybe one Maybe day. before the competition, that'd be great to like join a little run group. And I, I think that would be huge for getting in shape for the show because it's something you don't do. Exactly. So once you always do something you don't do, yeah. results are very good. And especially here in L.A., they have so many cool ones, like yeah. hundreds and hundreds Neon of people. Exactly. <laughs> there was even one that my friend was kind of... Um, uh, she ran it literally yeah. and figuratively <laughs> um, but one day she coordinated because she worked for like a sneaker company yeah. she coordinated um, some singer or rapper they had him on a truck yeah. and he did a free uh, performance for Ooh, the wow. run group and the run group ran after Behind the truck him, yeah. that's amazing wow. yeah so so that all in keeping it fun. And I mean, how entertaining is that? Yeah. You get a live concert while you're running. Yeah, so. if she starts to group up again, I'm in. I know, I'll let you know. <laughs> Sounds cool. All right, so uh, many people have asked me this, especially guys. Can <laughs> exercise improve your love life? Yeah, you got Shaka, a lot of questions on has that. <laughs> it improved yours? Well, I've always exercised. <laughs> I've, never, <laughs> I've never had any issues, yeah. so I guess, I guess so in some ways. Um, but yeah, of course it makes sense it would improve your love life, your yeah. stamina, your flexibility, yeah. your strength. Um, and I've seen in both men and females, you know, um, females who have a high body fat percentage, they have a harder uh, time conceiving. Yeah. Um, and I, I would assume it would, it would affect, you know, yeah. um, their sex life. And then for men, I've even seen it where being so overweight for a man will put them in male menopause. Yes, that is a real thing. Male menopause. It means, you know, their sperm level is so low that they basically cannot produce until their body fat goes way down. Yeah, and and uh, on top of that, it, they're saying it's like a natural Viagra exercise. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're exercising consistently, men that do so have very low erectile dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a study with um, sedentary middle aged men um, for nine months. They worked out, and they found after during after that period, they had more sex, improved function, and greater satisfaction. So it's working. And then they did an interesting study. Uh, tell me how you feel about this one. So they <laughs> they had women exercise, and then they had them watch an erotic film, and they measured their vaginal blood flow <laughs> during the erotic film. How do you measure that? <laughs> Special tool measured right. the vaginal blood flow, and the group that did not um, did not exercise before the film, they had a lower blood flow. So, it, well, it makes sense because yeah. it's like. Um, you know, you're you're getting the blood flow going, yeah. so it's kind of like you know the pre before the. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then they also found that people have an enhanced self image when they work out. Yeah. They feel better about mm-hmm. themselves, the way they look. They yeah. feel more sexually yeah. desirable. Yeah. And I see it all the time. I can always tell in a gym um, when a woman comes in and she's working out. If she's been working out for many years or is just starting out, uh, majority of the time, women especially do not like to look in the mirror when they haven't they don't want to look at their form they don't want to look at their body women who've worked out consistently you see them 
standing up, looking at themselves, taking checking selfies. their form, <laughs> taking selfies. Yeah. Exactly. Lots of selfies. So it makes sense that it would improve self-confidence. Yeah, and I liked, um, you've heard the whole thing, you know, don't have sex before a competition or this or that. Like, you know, a lot of athletes subscribe oh, to Oh, yeah, that. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was interesting. So they also wanted to test that, the flip side of it, mm-hmm. if that was like a, a bad thing for athletic performance. And they did grip test, and they also did a cycle test. And they found that having sex... Before those tests did not do did not have any um, there was no difference in performance with yeah. those that didn't. Yeah. The only thing they did found find was in the cycling group their post recovery their heart rate was elevated. Yeah. So well, which, yeah. you know what I think too. I think a lot of coaches they like to tell um, their athletes not to do that. I don't think it's a performance thing. Uh, Physically, it's a mental performance. It might be a mental. I thing, think yeah. people, you know, if their mind is somewhere else instead yeah. of focusing on the game. Yeah. So I think that's the real re- reason why they don't want you to have sex. But if your partner's in the stands, it might feel you. Exactly you know? right. Yeah, I can't wait till this game's over. <laughs> if you win, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's true. I didn't think of it that um, way. Some people have asked, "Is sex actually an exercise in of itself? Can I can I skip the gym?" Yeah, <laughs> uh, and there's saying so you know sex burns about three to four calories per minute yeah but let me tell you this how long yeah <laughs> <laughs> it depends you know if you're on top on body you know oh, yeah. if somebody else is doing all the work you're not going to burn much that is, <laughs> that is true sorry guys this is like rated <laughs> rx uh fit club tonight well you know it's all in the name of fitness uh <laughs> i i've had people tell me they will wear their heart rate monitor just to see you know just to see how many calories they burn and how you know elevated their heart I, really good i'd be interested in hearing like, what's the average but um is, well i will have to look up that study but it's surprisingly when my clients tell me that it's not as much so I'm like well, well yeah. you need to put in more work because it's, it's three to four <laughs> calories a minute and that's like they did that like moderate you yeah. know that's what you're burning in a moderate um, session I suppose but most people don't have sex that long so when they did a study versus <laughs> so when they did <laughs> when they did the study uh, versus a group that did moderate 30 minute treadmill kind of like walking yeah. slash jogging they people on the treadmill burn three times more calories yeah. than the sex group. And we, because, you know who we yeah. should ask? Um, Jason Rosso. Oh, right. Rizzo, yeah, yeah, sex exercise. We gotta bring Jason back in our sex exercise. <laughs> we're gonna ask him um, because yeah. his workout you could probably burn yeah. a whole bunch of calories. Yeah. That's so funny. if you guys are out there and you're trying to use sex as substitute for exercise, probably not gonna work or really increase your time. Make sure it's 30 minutes to an hour, I guess. Yeah, make sure. Time it. you got to yeah. burn those calories. Um, okay, tell us about a hunter-gatherer diet. Does it really, um, what does it do to the body in just three days? Does it really help the body? Does it hurt the body? Actually, yeah. Is this a paleo diet or what? what is a hunter-gatherer diet? Well, I thought it was interesting. Yeah, so Tim Spector, um, he's a genetic uh, epidemiologist at King's College. Mm-hmm. So... He had, like, I guess, excellent gut bacteria, and he, but he wanted to know, can you change significantly the gut bacteria? And, you know, with this with Dr. Shamaka, mm-hmm. we talked about gut bacteria and the, the benefits of it. Mm-hmm. Could you change it significantly by going on this hunter-gatherer diet in three days? Um, and again, the gut bacteria does so much in metabolism. Um, it helps with uh, weight loss. It's uh, mood as well. So gut bacteria is really important um, for our bodies. And so he found, he went and studied with the Hadza tribe, 
And this was a crazy study, by the way. Yeah. He like went above and beyond. Yeah, he went to go live with this tribe and hunt as they hunt and eat as they eat. And what so, was it, Tanzania? Yeah. And so the Hadza, and they've been doing this for a million years. Mm-hmm. Their diet hasn't changed. It's kind of what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he had boobab fruit in the mornings. He had wild berries. He had high fiber tubers, um, porcupine, and some other like furry animals where they ate the liver and the heart. Obviously, vegan can't do that. Yeah. But. Um, <laughs> But he found that after the three days, his gut bacteria, which was already very diverse, had increased by 20%. Mm -hmm. And then within a few days after that, it went right back down to its sort of baseline. So I I guess the takeaway was to include diverse foods and fruits in your your meal plan because that's going to actually help your immune system jack up. It's going to help the metabolism again in Mm -hmm. your mood. Yeah, and I think that's good for anything when it comes to health and fitness. I think you always kind of want to be diverse. You want to switch it up. You don't want to stick to the same exact thing because I think your body is so used to kind of... Like just like fat, you know, you're yeah. trying to hold on to as much fat as you can. Yeah. So you got to switch up your diet. You know, yeah. like we've talked about in the fast. You will tell me some days you fast, yeah, and then eat. You know, late at night, or you know, yeah. you'll do high carb days, low carb days. Yeah. So and I try to incorporate a lot of fruit and like you know a lot of vegetables, and that really helps the gut bacteria. And tell me if I'm crazy, but I actually don't wash off a lot of my fruit. I I think well, I mean. <laughs> Because this is my theory. So my my family, uh, my dad's side is from the Dominican Republic. And, you know, when I visit them, you know, especially my great-great-grandmother who um, she used to live in the Campo, the country. Like, you go and get your food and you don't wash it off because you don't, you don't, you're not next to clean running water. And yeah. I just think that's how they grew up. But now so, that you're here in the United States and you have clean running yeah, water. Yeah, but I just feel like, and I think Dr. Shamaka explained this too, is that sometimes... Um, some of those things, it's kind of, you know, the good bacteria, the bad bacteria, your body needs to be exposed to it. Mm. That way (laughs) you can break. I think if just like, you know, mothers who are super clean and don't let their kids play in dirt and then their kids, you know, are always getting sick because they haven't built up that. No, he's not following me. You guys out there, come on. Can I I get some? (laughs) I might subscribe to that if it's like a plant in my backyard that I'm Mm. growing. I pick it. I eat it. But uh, A, it's not organic if, if you're in the grocery store. Yeah. It may not be organic, so you pesticides. You want to yeah. make sure you wash that off. Um, if it is organic, I don't know who's been touching the food. Oh, I don't want this one. Oh, and that's true. I didn't think of it that yeah, way. I don't know the guy that sneezed and then you know, picked up my broccoli and put the broccoli back. Yeah. No, no, no. So I, I definitely want to I don't know. I'm very, like, call me hippie, but, like. Yeah. I mean, if you're growing in your backyard, I say go for it. Yeah. But if, if you're buying it from the store, yeah, wash it off. <laughs> <laughs> but what do you guys think out there? Do you wash your fruits and vegetables or no? I mean, sometimes I'll rinse them off, but I'm not yeah. like, oh, my goodness. The, and the only time, the only reason why I rinsed some of them off well is because I found I think it was like a caterpillar in my kale before. And there's even fruit washes that you can get specially to wash fruits. Or even just using apple cider vinegar, just pouring it over and then that helps too. These are fun stories. Give them a wash. (laughs) Yeah, we learned a lot today. I think that's it, right? Okay, so we talked about the sex, coffee, and uh... fast food. Oh no, we got fast food. Oh, fast food, okay. (laughs) Lucky I said that. Okay, (laughs) where's the fast food one? Uh, where are we? Oh, there we go. Our ten rules for fast food. Oh. And this is really for your kids. Um, so basically, trying to get your kids to eat healthier and, mm-hmm. you know, the dangers of fast food. So th- we had a couple. So there's the don't leave home without snacks. 
It's like seems pretty, you know, self-explanatory. Yeah. Um, then there was age-appropriate size for meals, because actually the regular size is usually too much for kids. Mm -hmm. So they suggest sharing a meal with your kid, and that might actually reduce the portion size. Yeah. Um, always picking the fruit over fries, and no soda. So now all these fast food chains are offering fruit juice and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But what I didn't know, Even, okay, I didn't know that fruit juice was you could be you could limit it. I didn't know it was supposed to be limited. So apparently for kids one to three. Four ounces a day, no more than four ounces mm -hmm. of fruit juice a day. If your kid between four to six, um, no more than four to six ounces, and seven to eighteen, eight ounces. And what I suggest to um, parents, aunties, uncles uh, out there, grandparents, my nieces and nephews, they always want juice, always, always, always. Yeah. And it's hard when I looked at this, you know, to say no when they've already gone past their mm -hmm. ounces. So a trick is to dilute, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. You know they're supposed to have four ounces, maybe do two ounces, another two ounces of water. Yeah. That way they feel, they don't know the difference, you yeah. know. That way they feel like they're getting juice every time and That's they're not going to whine and complain. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a really good trick. Um, and then they got, they have the talk to your kids beforehand. Have dialogue. Let mm -hmm. them know, hey, here's where we're going to go, here's where we're going to get, here's what we're thinking about eating. Mm -hmm. um, decide, decide on dessert in advance, which I thought was interesting. So you don't make that sort of off-the-cuff um, decision. But do not, I, have you ever had the situation where you were growing up and they're like, before you get to dessert, you have to finish that main meal? Yeah. So that's a no-no. You don't want to do that because what it does is it turns the dessert into something valuable that should be prized. And now your kid is has to eat the hamburger to have the the ice yeah. cream. But now the, the the prize of the ice cream becomes this valuable thing. Yeah, yeah, more so than the food with, itself. Yeah. yeah, and that's something you'll probably carry with you lifelong. Yeah. And then what was the other ones? We had uh, make them sit down to actually eat the meal. That's going to help with satiety. And you know, mm -hmm. if, if they're playing while they're eating, they may never get that feeling of fullness to mm -hmm. like really register. And I think we had oh, be a good role model. And just kind of model those healthy habits. Yeah. So. And I think, too, um, really try to work on making healthy food fun. I yeah. think, you know, and I see it around so many kids, I don't want to eat my broccoli. No, yeah, no, no. Yeah. And it's like, okay, why do they have a negative attitude towards broccoli? Yeah. What are they seeing? Yeah. I think parents really, like you said, lead by example, yeah. but also say, hey, you know, this is going to be good for your body. It's going to yeah. make you strong. Yeah. And, you know, kids want to be strong. They want to be like there's, I think uh, Michelle Obama at one point, you know, with her food campaign in the school systems, they had like superhero broccoli. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, and I think making it fun again, I think will help um, them enjoy the experience more. Yeah. And if it's something you don't like and you let that be known, they're not going to like it exactly. either. Like, I don't like a lot of vegetables, yeah. but if I'm going to certainly model for my kids and pretend yeah. I like them just so they, they and give finding them a try. fun ways yeah. in presenting the food to yeah. them. You know, um, I have an auntie who will always make like just funky like I think it's like uh, Elmo apples yeah. and it literally looks like Elmo she'll put <laughs> like awesome. cut up the apples and put a little you know and it's like of course a kid's gonna yeah, want to eat that they love it. Elmo yeah, yeah. you know just like Mickey Mouse pancakes yeah. everybody loves Mickey Mouse <laughs> except do an oatmeal pancake yeah. instead of a real pancake so get me hungry <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually hungry too <laughs> starving. this one was good I like this too yeah. um, you guys out there watching thanks for you know continuing to watch with us but let us know too what do you guys want to learn about? What topics do you want us to dive into? We love researching this stuff. Let us know. Comment. Subscribe. Give us five stars on iTunes. And um, 
Yeah. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks yeah. for tuning in. Uh, find me online at fitwithfallon or fitwithfallon.com. Shaka, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Shaka Strong. And we are also on Fit Club BHL on Instagram. Yeah. Make sure to follow us. All right. See you guys later next week. Bye, guys. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us. Info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio, Instagram at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. Hollywood Redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.